Welcome to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, a nutrition coach, entrepreneur, food freedom expert, and forever a recovering disordered eater. I am here to help you own your enoughness, find your very own food freedom, and achieve your health and wellness goals in a way that gives more than it takes. Each week, I will provide you with insight and inspiration surrounding no-nonsense nutrition, mindset, motivation, body image, confidence, and other wellness wisdom. Hello, my sweet, sweet friend. How the heck are you? It has been a minute since I have done a solo podcast episode. So here we are, just you and me sitting in the office, hanging out. The office that is only going to be my office for about four more weeks. On that note, can I just pause to take a minute to say thank you? Like, thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of your well wishes, your kind words, and even the messages and DMs I got about people who have been through the process of adoption, people who are welcoming us to Florida. Oh, it was just such a warm reception to the episode Patrick and I recorded for you last week, episode 126, where we shared our big news. You mean so much to me. Like, I hope you know that. You mean so much to me and your support is everything. So thank you. Today, I am going to get in your face a little bit. We're going to go back to our sassy roots, our no-nonsense roots, and I'm going to give it to you straight because I recently stumbled across a research study that was done by the Association for Training and Development, ATD, and it was a study done on aligning goals with outcomes. And here's what they found. Are you ready for this? You are 10% likely to complete the goal if you simply have an idea or a goal. 10%. Not too great. But you're 25% likely to complete the goal if you consciously decide that you will do it. Okay, we're getting better. You are 40% likely to complete the goal when you decide when you will do it. Now we're getting more specific. You are 50% likely to complete the goal when you plan how to do it. You are 65% likely to complete the goal when you commit to someone that you will do it. The beautiful power of accountability. And... Get ready for this. You are 95% likely to complete the goal if you have a specific accountability appointment with someone you've committed to. 95 freaking percent likely to complete the goal. So basically, in order to be the most successful at achieving any goal you set out to reach, you have to one, make yourself accountable. And two, be specific about what you're planning to achieve and the timeline within you will achieve that goal. Sounds pretty easy, right? Wrong. Because, because most people never actually take step one. 
They never make themselves accountable. Most of us know that we would be more successful if we hired a coach, a mentor, a therapist, or even just told somebody else what goal we were trying to reach. And yet we don't. I have even challenged clients to do this. Clients who are already working with me. And I will say, hey, I want you to tell your family what goal you're working towards. I want you to tell your girlfriends what you're trying to work on. And you know what? Their face immediately turns green and they feel squeamish. Why? Because accountability freaks us out. But it's not actually accountability that freaks us out. It is one of two things. One the fear of failure, or two, the fear of success. These two reasons are why most people will never reach their goals and never step out of their comfort zone to recruit accountability. Because if they were to do so, research shows us that they would be 95% likely to succeed. I can't argue with. If someone told me that I was 95% likely to reach a goal, if I did X, Y, or Z, you better bet your bottom dollar I'm doing X, Y, and Z. So let's talk about these two reasons why most people don't. First, let's talk about the fear of failure. I get this. I really do. Because having accountability means that you have to be willing to hear the truth and receive it. And this takes a heck of a lot of courage and a willingness to be transparent and accept when something isn't working. The bottom line is nobody likes to fail because with failure often comes feelings of disappointment, anger, frustration, sadness, regret, confusion. But for some people, the fear of failure goes so far beyond that. It's paralyzing. It's crippling because their fear of failure is actually a fear of shame. Does that hit you? That hits me because I used to fall into this category. Shame is a toxic emotion. Because instead of feeling bad about our actions or our efforts, shame makes us feel bad about who we are. Shame gets to the very core of our identity, of our self-esteem and our feelings and emotional well-being. And it makes it so urgent for those who struggle with this fear to avoid any and all threats associated with the possibility of failing. And this can happen consciously or unconsciously. I want to give you an example. Maybe you buy food at the grocery store that you know won't leave you feeling your best or support your goals in a positive way because it was on sale or because, oh, my partner needs to have it. So that when you eat it, you have a justifiable excuse as to why it was in your immediate environment in the first place. See what happened there? I am so afraid of not making the goal supportive choice of the possibility of failing what that might mean about me that I unconsciously self-sabotage by buying the food for 
some other arbitrary reason that doesn't really matter so that it's not really my fault when I make the choice that doesn't serve me or my goals. Can you maybe envision yourself in that scenario? Has that been you once or twice or several hundred times? If this resonates with you, I'm going to give you three steps that I want you to try. Number one is owning your fear because it's so important to accept that failure makes you feel fear or failure makes you feel shame and to find trusted people in your life that you can talk about this with because shame breeds in secrecy. I'm pretty sure that's a Brene Brown quote, but I'm not 100% positive on that, but shame gets bigger the more we keep quiet. So bringing these feelings to the surface can help prevent you from expressing them through unconscious self-sabotage. Because when you talk about it, it loses its power, right? And then you get this reassurance, this empathy from the people in your life that you trust that can help solidify your feelings of self-worth and minimize the threat of disappointing them because that's not ever what it's really about. Speaking of Brene Brown, she has a quote that talks about perfectionism as being a shield. We use this to protect ourselves. So if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it at all. That's something I can relate with. It's a shield because I'm afraid that if I do it and I don't do it perfectly, that means something bad or immoral about me. So I do it perfectly or I don't do it at all. That is a fear of failing. It's a fear of shame. So the first step in overcoming your fear of failure is owning your fear. Let's talk about it. Let's notice it, name it, and call it out for what it is. Second step is to focus on what you can control. To identify aspects of the task, whatever it is that you're working on, that are in your control and focus on those. And then I want you to brainstorm ways to reframe aspects of what you're working on that are out of your control so that you can try to regain a semblance of control over them. For example, let's say you failed at your weight loss attempts a thousand times before and your brain tells you, girlfriend, you're never going to figure this out. You're just going to, you're going to live like this for life. Set a goal of exploring why the past attempts have failed and what might work instead. What haven't you tried? And then seek out people in your life who have been there or who have demonstrated expertise in this area so that they can give you support. Focus on what you can control. And even with the things that you can't control, focus on what you can learn from it and what you can do about it moving forward. Which brings me to point number three, turning failure into feedback. Failing is not about how good or moral you are or are not as a person. Failing simply tells us what worked or didn't work about that specific situation. So you can try something different the next time the situation occurs. I always like to think about failure clinically. And I know it's really hard because when we fail, it feels personal. Like this is on me. I failed. I'm a failure. No, no, no. Don't make it about your identity. Look at it as if you are a scientist in a lab. And rather than making it mean something about you, let's separate shame from the failed behavior and just analyze the failed behavior. What about this thing didn't work? 
Why didn't it work? Is this the variable that needs to change moving forward? Or are there several possibilities of what might not have served me? Put on your researcher hat and instead of looking at failure as finite and personal and full of shame, look at it as information. Look at it as a big, bright, blinding arrow that says, hey, this isn't the right direction. We have to pivot, redirect, try something different. That's it. And you completely dissemble the fear of failure, the fear of shame, because it's not about how good or bad you are. It's simply about what does and doesn't work. And regardless of which outcome you get, you are one step closer to figuring out what works best for you and for your body and in your life sustainably. Now, that little soapbox spiel was for my friends who struggle with a fear of failure. But what about if you don't? Might you then struggle with this second roadblock that holds people back from creating results. A fear of success. That might sound really strange, but I see this all the time. And people who fall into this category aren't afraid of accountability per se. They are afraid of what will happen as a result of that accountability. Because what if you do reach your goals? your life changes, right? And change can be freaking scary and uncomfortable. I want to give you an example. Several years ago, I worked with a client who, no matter how many coaching conversations we had about the importance of taking things slow and making sustainable progress and mastering her mindset, would always revert back to quick fixes and deprivation diets. I just wanted to try it, she'd say, or I thought I'd experiment with this in between our coaching calls. And while I am all for experimenting to find what works best for you, when this became a pattern that she exhibited over several months, it was time to sit down and have a hard conversation. And do you want to know what we discovered? She was afraid of being successful of reaching her big, powerful fat loss goals sustainably because dieting has been, had been, and still was such a big part of her life. And she was afraid of who she'd be without it. Being a crash dieter was part of her deep-rooted identity, and she wasn't ready to rewrite that identity, which ultimately led to her continued self-sabotage. Now, maybe you're like, what? That's insane. But maybe there's a little part of you that's like, oh, I am afraid to finally reach my goal because I've always been this person. I've always struggled with food. Who am I if I don't? I've always been in a body that doesn't feel comfortable. Who am I if that's no longer my truth? Succeeding can be just as scary as failure. And if you resonate with this particular barrier, I have three steps for you. The first is identifying what success looks like to you. Because we fear the unknown simply because it's unclear. 
But when we know what's expected of us and how reaching the goal will improve our lives, our bodies, our health status, the people around us, success starts to become less scary. And this could be as simple as making a pros and cons list. Like, yes, there's always scary shit that comes with creating change, but what are the best parts? What are the amazing things that might happen when I do? Second, I want you to start hyping up your success. I want you to talk to yourself in a way that encourages exploration rather than self-defeat. I want you to shape that voice inside your head to cheer you on and affirm your capability rather than bringing you down and doubting your ability. Because we all have that voice inside of our head. Some of us refer to this as self-talk. And when you're afraid, be it of failure or success, usually that voice inside your head is saying something that keeps you exactly where you are. So for people who are afraid of success, what if you were really freaking excited about it? And what if it wasn't, oh gosh, am I sure this is the right thing? And it was, this is the right thing. I am on the right road. I am exactly where I meant to be. What if those were the things you heard day in and day out? Be your own hype woman, unapologetically. And step three, play the worst case scenario game. This step might sound a little counterintuitive, but coming from someone whose brain loves to catastrophize, This can be super effective. If I succeed, then what? What's the worst thing that could happen? Oftentimes the reality when we answer this question honestly is not nearly as bad as what our fear of success builds the situation up to be inside of our brains. Almost always. The fear dissipates and we realize, heck yeah, I can do this. This isn't as scary as I thought it was. Fear of failure and fear of success are the top two reasons why people don't recruit accountability and fail to reach their goals. They're afraid of either one or the other. And my question is, which one are you? Which end of the spectrum do you resonate with most? And how can you face that fear head on to ensure that you have the tools and the skills you need to have that 95% chance of success. Because that's not just awarded to certain people. That is not reserved for the elite. That 95% chance of success is yours. It's mine. It's everybody's to grab hold of so long as we commit to surrounding ourselves with the tools and the skills that are necessary for success accountability, and a super specific plan about how we're going to get there and what timeline that is going to happen within. That's it. As I sit here recording this podcast episode, I currently have three. I had four. I now only have three one-on-one nutrition coaching spots available. And if you are willing to face your fears head on and get the accountability that you need to be successful at reaching your sustainable fat loss and healthy nutrition habit goals, fill out a coaching application. Because this is your year. This could be the summer that you get the accountability that you need to succeed at feeling happy 
healthy, and unbelievably at home in your beautiful body. I'll catch you on the flip side squad. Thank you for listening to this episode of the health, wealth, and wisdom podcast. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and then head on over to nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thanks for listening. Until next time.